Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. My name is Daniel. HH. And it's Carl Anker again. Hello, everyone. Uh, we do the podcast every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Talking Tactics. Follow us on Instagram at Talking Tactics. If you're listening on Spotify, give us a follow. If you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. Um, if you're on SoundCloud, hit the hearts. And if you want to help the podcast out monetarily, make sure to check the link. And you can go to our Patreon page where you get extra content for the meager small fee of uh, $3 a month. So help your boys out in that way. Half Hope, where can people find you on the internet before we get started? Halfhopefootballhot.com, baby. Indeed. Carl, what have you been up to, man? I have moved cities. Nice one, man. Hello, everyone. Uh, it's been a while since I've been on Talking Tactics, but over the summer, I uh, had a change in location and job role. Uh, so I'm still at The Athletic, but rather than being your Southampton correspondent, I am very pleased to say I am uh, the Manchester United correspondent for The Athletic. Hey, so, how many uh, are there? Is it just you? Uh, I am joining Laurie Whitwell cool. as a week-to-week beat reporter on Manchester United, and I'll be feeding into a wider editorial team that covers Manchester United, including journalists such as Adam Crafton, Daniel Taylor, Oliver Kay. Um, in addition to this, um, there is an announcement that will be made later on this week um, regarding another tweet to my job role that uh, I'm quite excited about. And uh, I'm looking forward to, to bringing it to the world a little bit later this week. Cool, cool. So cool, look forward cool. to that. All right. So where can people follow you on the internet, man? You can follow me on the internet at Anchorman616, Anchor spelled A-N-K-A, man, and the number 616 on Twitter. Uh, you can find all of my football writing uh, on The Athletic. The Premier League is coming back, and there is going to be a, a money off deal for new subscribers coming shortly, but at the moment, I think you might have to wait a couple of days. Keep an eye out for that one. Cool. And uh, yeah, I write for a bunch of other publications as well. So people say we're Premier League centric. We could start with the preview, but we're not gonna. We're gonna start with Messi. I think you guessed it last week where you were like, this podcast that we did last week, it's probably gonna end up being irrelevant because he's probably just gonna end up staying. And that's what happened. Um, the way it happened though, I don't know if we necessarily saw that coming. Where Messi in a gold.com interview was basically like, yo, the president is cheeks and I can't <laughs> stand him, but I have to stay. So you pretty much had a verbal ag- agreement with someone. And if we were to believe Messi, um, Bartomeu basically um, went against the verbal agreements that, that I had. That's what happened. Because if it says in the in the, in the contracts, it says in the contracts that you can leave for free at the end of the year. But what Messi said in that interview was that, oh no, no, Batman said all along that I could. So it's not in the contract. 
So what it was was Bartomeu pretty much um, said, nah, that's not happening. But you see, the key thing here is, is because people are very quick to be like, oh my God, Batman, he's the villain, he's the villain, he's the villain. And I said, no, wait, guys, first of all, you've not read the contract, so shut the heck up. If you've not read the contract, shut up. That's the first thing. Second thing is like speaking to um, Devil and um, Nix, because they raised a very good, good point, which is, so June, June 10th was the date. Now, if you tell me by June 10th, in a normal season, I've got the rest of June, I've got July, and I've got August to get a replacement for you. If you're telling me now you're leaving, I have about, what, three weeks, four weeks before we can get a replacement or something, and it's COVID um, season as well, so it makes it even harder as well. So, but I'm like, no, you should have told me back in June 10th. So, ah, screw whatever right, agreement right. Okay, we'll get, we'll, okay, okay. So, so uh, Messi's legal case hinges on this clause within his contract, which basically says this June 10th clause where he can activate and say that, no, I'd, I'd like to activate my, I want to leave. Messi's case and his legal team essentially made the point that because this was a, a COVID-19 impacted season and we all ran far into August, you know, he was on Champions League duty until until August, uh, Messi's argument was therefore that June 10th deadline got pushed back to a month or two months past the end of the season, which made it hit. We don't know if that was true or not. Obviously, we've talked previously on this podcast about short-term loan deals that players had to get to last through June into July and into August. So that was Messi's argument. And it was not only the argument of Bart Bartomeu, but also the argument of La Liga itself, who, let's be very real, and I think I saw you tweet about this hope, La Liga does not want to lose their biggest star. And that is what Messi is. And La Liga, through its many branding projects recently, through what they're doing with the Super Cup and how they're you know, every now and again going to Saudi Arabia and to Qatar, um, is very, very clearly trying to chase the Premier League in terms of a branded product. Um, it is not in La Liga's interest to let Lionel Messi go. It's not in La Liga's interest to let Lionel Messi go for free. And it's not in La Liga's interest for Lionel Messi to go and probably to a club like Manchester City. So the legal case put forward by La Liga was the clause does not apply into an extension. And therefore, it was June 10th, Messi missed his turn. And now if you want Lionel Messi, you have to pay 700 million for him. To which we now have this interview with Messi where he's basically said words to the effect of, I'll stay, but I'm going to complain the entire time. If you're Coleman, how do you feel about this? I, if I'm Ronald Koeman, I'm counting my lucky stars because he got it badly wrong in his initial couple of days at Barcelona. From what I understand is basically Koeman's conversation, I think it was one conversation face-to-face -face and one conversation on the phone where he essentially told Luis Suarez, you can go, is, you know, was pretty much one of the, you know, the final straw that broke the camera's back and Messi went, get me out of here. Neil Messi, you know, a player who very much wants to win another Champions League, wants to win more titles for Barcelona, looking around at the organisational chaos at Barcelona and gets a manager in who, in his very first day, tells his best friend, the one he's in a group chat with, with Neymar, constantly, one of the very few people he talks to every single day and says to Suarez he can leave. Yeah, you, you don't do that. You don't do that at all. I, if I'm Koeman, I don't want this problem. Any way that you can get him out of the club, please, because Messi's still going to have an incredible amount of influence over the proceedings over the season. I think maybe he's cut his legs out from under him a little bit in terms of, well, you're probably not going to be here next year, so why should we do what you say or listen to you in that in that way? But at the end of the day, he's still Lionel Messi. So if I'm Koeman, I don't want this issue. It's like it's an anvil around his neck in some ways. Maybe he could spin it. Well, I had a season with Messi, so this is kind of like a, a free shot, as it were. But it is going to slow down the progression of whatever project he would have had in mind sans Messi. So if I, were, if I was Koeman, I was just like, look, man, just find a club and get rid of him. 
It's it's tricky because I just think that the it would have been best for both parties if they would have found a fee for Messi, some sort of a fee for Messi, some cash because isn't it worse that he stays, he's unhappy, he signs a pre-contract with a club in January, and then he's then off for a free afterwards? Because they send the puts in in a, in a very weird way a two-year offered him a two-year extension. You know, everything. So it's it's because they get that's what's all right. If you watch, I always say to people, everyone, watch Game Balagi's breakdown of the interview because he says things that aren't said in the English translation that you're reading. So he really gives us the full details because, again, it was all done in Spanish. Just based off just the whole scenario, I'm saying to myself that this was a moment to start from scratch now. Messi leaves, let's say, for free next summer. But you've already wasted a year because now you now have a year where Messi is still in the team. So it is still... Okay, are we a messy centric team? Are we not a messy centric team? Do we mm-hmm. does he have the ball? Does he have the ball? Does he every, not have the every ball? Every team that has Lionel Messi in it is going to be messy centric. He's the greatest, he's arguably one of the greatest football players of all time, but he also doesn't run anymore. He plays in first gear or sixth gear. And I think one thing we are overblowing is this concept that Messi's going to leave next season. I don't think that Barcelona squad is that bad. Yes, they got eight dropped on them, but Bayern Munich can drop five on most teams in Europe. Shout out to Daniel's team over here. Bayern beat people up. I think, you know, in terms of fixing that squad quickly, you move out Nelson, you give the the keys as the deep line pivot to Frankie de Jong. You have Puig as your other midfielder. It looks like it looks as if Giorgio Wijnaldum is going to be the third person. So you've got you've got Frankie de Jong and you've got Puig making very smart line breaking passes trying to play vertical football and if that doesn't work, you've got Giorgio Wijnaldum who's a very positive influence in the dressing room, recycling possession very cleverly and then not really losing the ball. That's a good middle three. Then ahead of them, you've still got Lionel Messi. You've still got arguably the greatest player of all time. But you you see, the the issue though, this is the issue. You mentioned Wijnaldum. Wijnaldum for Liverpool isn't Wijnaldum for Holland. And that was the whole point. No, 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 because he's good at recycling possession and everything. But no, no, no. How Koeman is going to use Wijnaldum? I high place for Netherlands is a far more attacking he will player. Not, he will not use Wijnaldum in the same way he uses him for the Netherlands. Koeman, Koeman is many things. He's not stupid. So he's just going to use Wijnaldum the way that he uses him for Liverpool? I believe so. I'm pretty sure. It looks very, very clear from the other personnel and transfer news that Koeman is trying to make is that the idea is for Wijnaldum to, one, be the person who recycles possession while everyone else makes the expansive passes. Two, be the person to do the pressing in that midfield and to basically keep everyone G'd up and three, to just bring a lovely smile to that dressing room, which needs it. I do not believe Juan Adam is going to be used as a 10 or an advanced attacking midfielder. In so the he's, he's coming in as a cheerleader. No, that is not what I said. I said that was third on my list of why he's there. Come on, Hope. <laughs> Come on. Come on, man. Don't do this to me. Is there anything else that you guys find interesting from this situation? I think this is the best situation for all involved. I don't think, I think Messi will probably retire at Barcelona. Isn't I think that it was sad, really, though? That, like he he made up his his mind that look eight two if you just go back the last three years where Liverpool Roma um, what happened in Lisbon he's like look man you guys are selling all my friends now all these players that you know find a club basically this is the end of the road Pep has a situation where he seems or Messi seems as if he could be a piece at Manchester City where that could get them over the hump in terms of Champions League finals perhaps even winning it 
why wouldn't he look at that and think, yeah, now is the time to go? The same way Cristiano was like, obviously, it's a different situation where you win uh, the Champions League. But it's like, look, man, my, my time here at Real Madrid is done. It's time to start a new adventure at Juventus. Messi probably came to the same conclusion. He's 33. He may has maybe, like- what, one, one or two good years left in him? Maybe. And do, and do I want to spend it helping Kuman rebuild Barcelona? Am I going to bear the fruit from the work that we do in these two years? Maybe, maybe cool. not. But but at Manchester City, that's a guaranteed place. I mean, not guaranteed, but it's a better situation for my twilight years. And I'll, I'm always on the side of the player. If the player wants to go, find a way. It's hard to feel bad for a man who makes a million dollars in a, a million dollars, a million euros in a week. But I feel bad for him. When I was watching the interview, I was like, damn, like his kids had to deal with it and all that kind of stuff, like his wife and all that. I was just like, damn, man, let the guy be happy. In the same way that Cristiano Ronaldo going to Juventus wasn't a completely pleasant victory because we've now learned things about Beckham Law and uh, the unique state of uh, Italian policing that protects him from certain unsavory aspects of the law. Um, I would also say Lionel Messi joining Manchester City would not be a victory for football when you consider Manchester City's owners and uh, who they may not re- who they represent and what they intend to do. The world, arguably the world's greatest ever football player, joining a project such as Manchester City's is not necessarily a feel good win. No, no, I, I disagree. Why for football, Messi should join a Man City and Barcelona should rebuild. Leave Barcelona, bro, and let's... Because, first of all, my whole issue has been, like, Pep, you've spent all this money and done all this stuff, and let's just keep it real. You can't win it without Messi, so let's just stop beating around the bush. <laughs> Get Messi in your flipping team, then let's see whether you can um, win this Champions League with Messi. And it will be an, it will be interesting to see him at Man City, and it will, and it will be interesting to see, because I was excited. Hence why, Messi, you wasted, you wasted all, all of our time. You wasted our entire time. All these two weeks was a waste of flipping time because you obviously didn't have stronger case. So you literally were going to go up to a judge and say, yo, judge, I, t- I spoke to this guy over some tapas bars and some and some ground nuts Friday night. And he said that I could leave. And judge would say, excuse me, do you have evidence, my friend? No, I don't. But look, I, I spoke to him. The judge would say, get the heck out of my courts, man. Because so you, all this time, you didn't even have any clear evidence that, that, that you could leave. So did this guy just do this because he was sulking? Or because you're just trying to throw some kind of a strop or something. Wait, 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 wait. Do you believe Messi? I don't think he would do this if that wasn't the case. This is the issue. It's not about believing or not. No, I'm not saying that he's lying. But I thought that he had something concrete in contract, in writing that said he could leave on a free now. What this was, was a conversation. So you're just taking a man at his word. But then why do we have contracts? <laughs> That's why we have contracts. Because contracts can be proven and contracts can be argued. If you go by, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, contracts, we sh- we contracts have been frequently argued in football, my friend. Uh, certain Mr. Bosman will tell you about that. No, no, but having a contract in a court of law is far stronger than, yo, I spoke to this guy on Friday night and he said, yeah, sure. Which is Mr. Zagin. Like, I spoke to hey, this yo. dude. <laughs> imagine, imagine your lawyer starts a conversation with the word, yo. <laughs> You're not yeah. winning. No, 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 but, but how else, does, yo, how else can he start the conversation? Like, yo, I spoke to him Friday night and said I could leave. George would be like, can you clear out of, of, of my courts, man? It's nasty. I'm glad this thing has happened because it's, it's also revealed some of the deeper organizational chaos at Barcelona. And I also think this is probably the clearest indicator we've ever had into Lionel Messi's thought process. I've never learned more about Lionel Messi than I have in these last two weeks. 
I think that's interesting. But I will I will also say going by my own internal biases and whatnot and my opinions on, on football and the future of football, Lionel Messi being on Manchester City, while fun and would have been amazing to watch and Lionel Messi in the Premier League would have been fantastic, might not have been the great victory for the soul of football that you think, uh, people you, you, you talk think about. The, football lost its soul a long time ago, man. You but, think that you know, the greatest player, well, the greatest, well, well, for purposes of this podcast, not spiraling, you think the greatest club footballer, perhaps of all time, going to a team like Manchester City or a project like Manchester City would give it a form of validation that you don't think they necessarily warrant? Would give it a form of validation that I think would permanently alter our perception of the game? Hmm. Yes, Neymar went to Paris Saint-Germain and Neymar you know, at the time was top three in the world, but at no point in time has the best player in the world played for a team that has been owned primarily for for lack of a, you know, let's use the word sports washing purposes. And, and that might happen in the future. Um, and that might happen one day, you know, if, if PSG, if, if PSG managed to keep on to one of their academy players and one of those academy players turns out to be one of the best players of all time soon, fair enough. Um, but uh, the best club football player of all time choosing to leave his boyhood club due to their own organisational chaos and joining the much more well-run, much like possibly the future of football, in Manchester City and the Manchester City group would be a dramatic gear shift in how we view football. And I think it'd be, you know, if, if Messi to PSG began one era of football, I think Messi to Manchester City would have started another, which I think would probably end in, probably end in, without, you know, fantasy booking too much, I think once that stuff happens, then, you know, then my brain starts going, when is the Super League coming in? When is this thing coming in? When is this thing coming in? Because who knows what it stops. But it didn't happen. So Do we need to have a conversation about the amount of legends that just end up at Manchester City. Peter Schmeichel would be one. Patrick Vieira would be another. And we Robbie Fowler would be another. Also, Frank Ponce's, Lampard would be Ponce's another. Ponce's obsession with old men. It's creepy, I think. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, right. yes. <laughs> what do you mean? He's got, he's got an obsession with older people. I think I think Manchester City are, are are very very good at recruiting, and I think they're able to put together packages for players that are unparalleled in Europe right now. Right now, if you're a football player who you know you're you're that A minus B plus grade, I'd say one of the only real reasons why you wouldn't go to Manchester City is are you going to get or like, the two reasons are are you going to get enough game time, and the second reason is do you want to live in Manchester? I like the idea that. They can come up to you and they'll say, look, here's a four-year contract. And they give you a plan. I think kind of the older I get, the more I like the idea of just a general plan. Maybe not what we're going to do where we are, but knowing where we are is a good thing. So the idea that the city group comes up to Messi and is like, look, we'll give you a four-year contract. Two years you're going to spend here at Manchester. The last two years you're going to move to New York City. You're going to play for New York City FC. You're going to crack the American market, play in MLS. Uh, I think a fantastic Lamp- package, right? That that is yeah, it that sounds great. Good. And 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 there's uh, I remember when Lampard went to, and I don't know if this would necessarily translate with Messi because Messi is Messi, but Lampard went to New York and he referenced the idea that you can kind of walk on the street. There's not obviously there's people that recognize it's you, but it's not yeah. as crazy as it is in a London or in a Manchester or in a Barcelona probably. Messi going to New York would probably be a bit interesting. I'd like to see it. Messi's but, not disappearing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that idea that maybe he could have a little bit more anonymity in America, but who knows? But but just that idea that this is a solid idea project. I know where my family's going to be. I know where I'm going to go, 
And I could see how that could appeal to somebody who's in their mid thirties, just like, okay, when I'm 37, we'll decide what's next. But for the next four years, I have a plan. Whereas Barcelona, it's just like, look, trust us. We don't really have a plan. We signed a new manager. We're going to buy some guys. Maybe they work, maybe they won't, but you know, it's us. So just be cool with it. For me, I, I, I couldn't see myself doing that when I have the other option, but I guess, you know, if they have you under contract, they have you under contract, like Half Hope says. You guys want to do the preview or anything else on this one? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm done with this, with this story. <laughs> I'll mention training. I'll mention about Conte's. Conte? Why, why would you want Conte's obsession with old men? He's not. I was thinking, what does it have to do with anything? But I'm curious. So, no, 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 no because, mean? no, like, what's it called? I think he's, the color of his, is, is in Milan to confirm his switch over to Inter, and you just look at all of the guys that Conte has gotten and the kind of players that he leans upon. It's much older guys, seasoned guys. He has an obsession with older players. When last did Conte get, oh, wow, this up-and-coming young player or this 25, 26-year-old? Like, he doesn't really get that often. Apart from Lou Kaku, he's not really boss. Yeah, man, I'm looking for this young up-and-coming or this... It's like older guys, over-the-hill guys, guys who've been forgotten, left by the wayside. I mean, who the heck buys Ashley Young and... Look, no offense to Moses, but you did break it up in the World Cup, so yeah. hey, it worked. It nearly worked, and this is—I I think I've been on a podcast here ages ago. Sorry, I keep interrupting. It's been a while since I've been here, but I think Conte's big thing is he is a manager who is very good at turning a C grade or or a C plus player into a B, into a B player, and he very clearly has reached to a point in his career where he's like, I don't want to deal with C grade and B minus players anymore. Give me the A grade players. And his tastes are very oddly shaped because he's been dealing with C grade and B grade players for so long. You mean they're bad? I think I th- I'm bad. I say flawed. I th- <laughs> I'd say he's won a lot with a lot of flawed players. I think now he's reached a stage where he doesn't need to play, use flawed players. Spending so much time with flawed players has coloured this perception of what he views a talented player as. And I also think, uh, you know, I've said this before. I think Conte was so startled by how physical and well-conditioned Premier League players were, that he went, if I just get a lot of experience win-now Premier League football players, I can probably just outrun everyone in Serie A. And it, you know, it nearly worked. They, they, yeah. they, Serie A was definitely there for the taking, and I think they lost a lot of games because, essentially, Conte only really had one move out of Martinez and Lukaku, and he got figured out. But that, that was definitely there, and I think... That's the interesting thing about Conte is that he has a very particular style and he's very pronounced. And although I don't watch that much Serie A, I admit, I did find it particularly interesting watching the large amounts of space I was seeing players, to my mind, who were quite average in the Premier League. It was very weird for me to see Ashley Young bombing down the wing like he was in his mid-20s again, cutting inside and having a shot. It's very weird for me whenever I read a piece about how Alexis Sanchez may have rebuilt his uh, career into Milan, and I read about it and I go, well, he hasn't changed anything he's done. He's just doing the same thing he was doing at Manchester United. That was bad. But now at Inter Milan, it seems to be okay. I'm not saying he was good at Inter Milan, but it, it just seems to be this idea of uh, Premier League fitness. I know Hope doesn't believe technical ability of the Premier League is particularly high, but I'd say the conditioning and the ability for Premier League players to run anywhere between 10 to 13 kilometers a game can probably, you know, help you at least draw games in other leagues. I'd say if you dropped Wolves in uh, Portugal's league, they'd probably end up in the Champions League spaces pretty easily. So basically Serie A is a retirement league, is what we're saying. I'm not saying Serie A is a retirement league. I'm saying... Well, I, did, 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 have you seen what Ibrahimovic is up to? Is he, <laughs> is he almost 40? 
Ibrahim Rose is a law unto himself. Um, two, <laughs> two things, two things well, no, no, that are no. very interesting. Who's, who's that guy? Quagliarella? Isn't he like 97? And he's always in like the <laughs> scoring charts? So, I, I mean, I, I think we have to consider just the pace of Serie A lends itself to an Ericsson, a Moses, a Young. Why haven't you bought so, Alonso yet? So the 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 Serie A, Serie A teams do not press as aggressively as Bundesliga teams or English teams. So you can be yeah. old and be good or useful and anyway. Also, but the interesting thing is, while they don't press as aggressively, they also are beginning to experiment more and more with higher lines. So um, they seem to be caught in... Well, pre- Serie A at the moment seems to be caught in between two schools of thought. So either press higher up the pitch or go back to defending deeper. Because at the moment, if you don't really press high up the pitch and you have a higher line there's just quite a lot of space in behind as you've seen in quite a few of the counter-attack goals into Milan scored last season i read this article yesterday it's a guy in japan his last name's mura he's known he's known as kaz kazu playing for what age of 53 I he's playing yeah as well. he's playing for yeah. i think yokohama fc and he's 53 years old he's a striker i wouldn't <laughs> Like, I'm not saying Syria is that bad to where you can have a 53-year-old. But I feel like if you're 40, Ibrahimovic, if he signed like a five-year deal, I wouldn't be shocked at it. No, but Japanese are built different, man. Because when I went to Japan and I just saw how the old people are like, the old people, these guys are very fit. So, and, and I, th- I think they say like maybe it's the, it's the dads or so forth. But they, these guys, 60, 70, they look amazing. So I think those, the, the genetics in Japan, man. And also, what's it called? I think... If you look at the oldest people in the world, it's generally yeah, yeah, like it's Japan. Japan. Oldest people in the world are, is, is Japan. So, and, and, I th- and, they're, and they're just much healthier than most of the people. They're very healthy. <laughs> I said oldest recorded people. There are some old guys. <laughs> <in Africa. laughs> Fair Hope enough. Hope and I will both testify. There's some people in the village who apparently have been there for 110 years. Yeah. Do you know what? That's, that, people, that's, that's, that's how I feel about, you know, when you look at like the, the Forbes list where they're like, uh, this is somebody's net worth. He's worth 100 mil- billion or whatever it is. I'm like, that's just the people that allow you to count their wealth. Like, there's other people out there who, who may be from Saudi Arabia or Russia somewhere. They might have a lot more money than that. They're just not letting you count their bread. Yeah, I could see somebody in, I don't know, Ethiopia. Yo, my, my great-great-grandfather would live to be 130. Meanwhile, they got some lady from France who's like the oldest person. But anyway, um, preview. Where do you guys want to start? Let's do it in in the grand tradition that we've done it in Talking Tactics for the last four years. <laughs> the grand tradition. We predict new listeners or people just tuning in. What we tend to do every single year is we tend to go, who's going to win the Premier League? Who's going to fill out the rest of the top four? Who's going to get relegated? Then we go, who's going to win the Champions League? And then sometimes we go, who's going to win the domestic cups? I nearly always pick Spurs to win the FA Cup. It's never happened. Let's do this. <laughs> okay. Daniel, who's going to win the Premier League? I don't know, man. <laughs> I hate this. This is this is the episode that we do every year that I hate the most because it means I'm going to be wrong. I'm going to say Liverpool just because it's a safe pick. Um, they won the league by 20-something points, 19 points, I think it was. That's a lot of points you can drop and a lot of points the other teams have to make up. So I'm going to say Liverpool win the league. Yeah, I'm I'm keeping with that, man. I'm I'm saying um, Liverpool uh, because of Klopp. You know, Klopp, Klopp is um, the guy's a very good coach, man. I'm saying Liverpool defend the title. I'm going to say Manchester City. I was looking at Liverpool's squad this morning and there is just something about... I mean, Liverpool were the best team in England. They were a phenomenal defence, fantastic in attack. They've got, you know, three or four generational talents in there. But they also got really lucky with injuries. 
Right. You know what? No, Carl, pause. I'm switching. I'm going to Manchester City because I remember what I said last time. If you look, if you investigate the numbers of Liverpool, they weren't really that convincing. They were just pulling out wins out of nowhere. I don't think that luck can run for 48 months. I'm going to say Manchester <laughs> City too. I'm sorry. Anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. With okay. your, okay. With your okay. research, I've, I've, this is more feeling. But you, I've, I've got, I've got, I've got the spreadsheet that I put when the athletic journalist asked us what to say. I'm going to tell you what wrote down there, but I will tell you uh, today. Today on this podcast, I, I'm saying Manchester City are going to win the league because I. Liverpool are really, really smart because Klopp knows Liverpool are going to play at least 60 games a season. I know he doesn't really care too much for the Cups, but a lot of their gameplay is reliant on Virgil van Dijk staying fit, Andrew Robertson staying fit, Trent Alexander-Arnold staying fit, um, that front three from staying fit. And I think, I mean, the reason they're able to stay fit is because basically they take time off. They take time off in the middle of games. During for like 10 to 15 minute periods, Liverpool just stop playing football, where basically the midfield just stop running and they basically go, Virgil was going to have to deal with this for a little bit. And Virgil can. In the same way that last season we were doing this podcast and it looked as if Liverpool and Manchester City, Manchester City were doing all right. And then Laporte got injured and I told Hope, no, it's over. It's finished. And he went, no, it's fine. He's going to be back in three weeks. I went, no, he's out for the year. It's over. And again, this is very weird to predict, and I never like wishing injury upon anyone. So maybe this doesn't happen. Liverpool are only one, maybe two long-term injuries away from not getting close to Manchester City. And the way Manchester City have retooled, they just have more bodies to deal with this churn. Bear in mind, this Premier League season is going to be the same amount of games, but in five less weeks, and there's no winter break. And we're still doing the Cups. Someone's going to get hurt. Zanolo's just had his ACL done. Like someone, someone's going to get hurt. It's inevitable. And basically now you're hoping your key player doesn't get hurt. And I think in the churn of things, City are going to get the nudge and win the league. You guys need to watch the all or nothing. I'm telling you. I can't say what happened. Last are you talking about the, the New Year's Day episode? Well, say guys, please say nothing. Say nothing. <laughs> I'm trying not to ruin it for half Yeah, just say nothing. Because just say nothing. obviously, please, please obviously he say doesn't nothing. know what happened to Spurs last season. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he but was paying zero attention to what happened last season, but you know, I'm assuming what you're talking about is yeah, it's just the idea that the accumulation of matches leads to a lot of injuries. And if that's just the Christmas period, I can't imagine what cramming more the exact same amount of matches with less time and no winter break is going to do to players' bodies, especially if you're already coming off what you had to do over the over the summer, cramming those games in. So, yeah, it's going to be wild. Um, so we're going to do top four now. I'm tired. <laughs> Man, yes, okay, so I have Van City one, Liverpool two. It gets tough go. because there are strong arguments for Chelsea, for Arsenal, for Arsenal. Manchester United. I, mm-hmm. I think I think I think Arsenal are going to be far better than they were last. No, no, no. But, but, but a strong argument for third. No, for me, I think that they'll they'll fight for fourth. Their, their, their last three big games, they've beaten City, Chelsea. And Liverpool. I mean, that's not a league title. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm just saying, if you're capable of that, you must no, that, be capable no, that, of getting top four. If you're no, capable that means of doing nothing. That. You you beating West Ham beats Chelsea you, twice. You beating big teams means you can't. Like, what is your West argument? Ham West Ham beats Chelsea twice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So what does that mean? It means oh, that let him have his top four. Let him have his top four. I'm Come just on, saying. Man. There's the, the word "strong" triggered you. I'm sorry. There's an argument for Arsenal to make top four. Whether they do it or not, I'm not saying they will. I'm just going through the candidates. So Spurs, I guess you can make an argument. I wouldn't, but <laughs> it's there. And then you have the others, which would be Wolves. I'm just writing them down so I can cross them out later. Leicester, are we putting Everton in this? No. Let's be serious. <laughs> I'll put them down just so I can cross them out anyway. Um, so Everton immediately go off the list. I'm taking out Leicester. 
I'm taking out Arsenal. It seems easy just to say Chelsea and Manchester United. And say them. I'm going to go Chelsea third, Manchester United fourth. So okay. my top four is City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Manchester United. And I don't think the gaps are going to be as wide this season between the champion and second place, which means third and fourth place will be closer as well. So I think it, I don't know if we'll get a title race per se, but I don't think it will be as, you know, Usain Bolt 2008 as we no, saw I last think, season. I think that's impossible. I think the way we're um, the way the Premier League season is structured this way, it's going to be a mess. Mm. It's going to be an absolute mess. You're going to try and run a marathon at sprint speed, and it's not going to happen. As uh, one of my favorite football tweeters, Grace on Football, has tweeted, basically what you're going to get is everyone's going to be absolutely knackered, and then Gareth Bell's going to win the Ballon d'Or because he hasn't played that much football. He's going to win the Euros and win the Ballon d'Or for Wales. Um, yes, uh, my top four. Similar to Daniel's, according to my spreadsheet, I basically have Chelsea in third and Manchester United in fourth. Uh, athletic readers right now can read. I just did a season preview for Manchester United and I said the ceiling for Man United is third. But I'm looking at this. I'm really looking at this. I'm really looking at this Manchester United squad. And if I'm talking about if people get hurt, things go wrong. There's something about Arsenal that I find really interesting this season. And this is massively coloured by the fact that I clearly... I'm drawn to managers that talk about the X's and O's and tactics a lot in their press conferences and can explain, oh yeah, we do this, we do pressing triggers and inter out and whatever. Whereas Solskjaer is very much a talented players will win you games and don't really need to tell you the ins and outs of all the routines we do. No, I'm going to agree with you, Dan. I'm going to say Manchester United are going to finish fourth, Chelsea are going to finish third. But even then, I think Chelsea and Manchester United might go down to the final day again. There is something about this Chelsea side. They can go one way or the other. They could be brilliant. They could also be absolutely terrible. Yeah, my okay. My third on Chelsea is contingent on is Kepa or Caballero in goal. If that's the case, <laughs> then Chelsea could easily be fifth or sixth. Neither will will be will be there. Trust me. I think what's really interesting is um, Sam Maguire, who helps run twenty twenty, uh, like a stats thing. He's talked quite often over this tra- summer transfer window about the fact that Timo Werner, Ziyech, Kai Havertz. At Pulisic and to a you know slightly lesser degree Mason Mount all have very very similar heat maps. Yep. Um, and unless you have a very smart or a very strong personality in charge, I don't know how you play all those players at once. I don't know how you play all those players at once without them all clanging into each other. Now, of course, the argument is talented football players will figure it all out by themselves. You don't even need to coach that much. But that's a lot of very talented football players you'll ask that prefer to operate in the same space. Yeah, they're all them. players who want to be in the number 10 area. Even Varner, yeah. who's he's more of a secondary striker. Ziyech, I think he preferred yeah. to be number 10. Pulisic, as we see for America, he wants to be number 10. Mount, Mount is versatile, but he wants to be a number 10. The left half space. They all they you know well Ziyech, Ziyech operates more on the right hand side because he's a yeah. he's a he's an automatic gunner. If you are basketball fans, he's a bit like JR Smith and just like I'm gonna empty the clip and get all these shots off. Um, which I find is very fun. Yeah, there is something about Chelsea where they could be fan- I, you know, Chelsea could easily score 100 goals this season. They could also easily concede 60. Because if they're going to play a high line and Thiago Silva with Thiago Silva, I don't know if Thiago Silva can play the high line. I know Thiago Silva is a very good centre back. I don't know if he's still that good. Hapo, what's your top four? I have no idea, bro. Liv- like, like, I mean, for me, I just think. You had Liverpool first. So I'm assuming that's Manchester City. You, you know, City yeah, Liverpool. Second. Yeah, City. Third, fourth, fifth, bro. Basically. Talk to me after September fourteenth. What? No, no. What? What does your heart say? What is? Oh no, no. What my, does your my heart, heart say? Man? 
My hat says September 14th. That's why I checked my hat. No, no, I, I need teams. We need this for posterity. So it, it, nobody's going to use this as evidence against yes, you. Yes, yes. Look, yes, I'm, I'm working on something psychological. <laughs> this at the end of the season every year. Come on. I'm, I'm working on something psychological. And don't though. have hope. Yeah. It changes. Yours changes every week. We could ask you and you don't remember what you said. So as of September 7th, January, where we, where I'm we reboot. A, I've, I'm being a stubborn prick. I'm not Come on, man. Give me teams, man. Give me teams. No, no, no. I, I'm not, no, no. I will. I promise you. to you. The, the the only thing I know for certain, for certain, is Liverpool and City will occupy first and second. I have literally no idea what third, fourth, fifth, and sixth will be like, because these teams. We're talking about Arteta, Lampard, and Solskjaer. <laughs> so how do you expect me to? Vouch for these for those three dudes. I can't. You're One the greatest football literally... analyst on the planet, so-called. Like, nah, 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 come nah, on, nah, man. Nah. The same streets are saying apparently you were that good. Look, anyway, shall we do the relegated teams? Because this one, I have no idea, and I changed I in this. Oh, Villa are going down. Oh, I, 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 can, I can tell you that right now. Villa are down. They're they're down. They're down. They're down. And these <laughs> are going to my team to watch with the asterisks. If Bielsa stays, it would be very Bielsa to pack it all in partway through the season. This is a guy called El Loco. Come on. Um, if Bielsa stays with Leeds the entire season, I have them comfortably bottom half. Not screaming eighth or ninth, but I got them, I got them 13th place quite comfortably. My relegation pick, 20th Fulham. I very often pick the team that goes up through the playoffs to get relegated. Um, I think Scott Parker's a lovely man, and I will enjoy going to Crazy Cottage. I'm trying to make it nice. I think West Brom are also going to go back down. There's something about Slavin Bilic, good manager, wants to play attacking football. You can't do that with West Brom squad in the Premier League. You will get beaten up. You know what? I'm going to say it. West Ham are going to get relegated. Oh, nah. man. Uh, I, I didn't think last week. I thought, no, West Ham are fine. It's not going to happen. Can you have a this stadium week? that big and get relegated? Yes, you can. Newcastle. This week. From James <laughs> Park. <laughs> This week, right, they let's got bear in mind. Seater. Like, why do they have that if you're going to be in the championship? Anyway, go ahead. Shout out to Bournemouth. Um, bear in mind, you know, we're talking on Friday. Mark Noble, the captain, the, the, the basic talisman of West Ham, tweeted he was very annoyed. Uh, sorry, I'll, I'll get the tweet up now. As a captain of this football club, I'm gutted, angry, and sad that Grady, as in Grady Diang, has left. Grady Diang leaving to a uh, West Bromwich Albion. Gutted, angry, and sad that a player has left a great kid with a great future. That's your captain tweeting that on the Friday, a week before the Premier League season starts. At the moment, I think, I think, if I get this right, I'm pretty sure West Ham haven't bought anyone yet. And while West Ham finished pretty, you know, quite strong. Last season, and David Moyes seems to, you know, despite my feelings towards David Moyes, David Moyes seems to understand West Ham, understand how to keep West Ham ticking more so than anyone else. Um, there is something deeply concerning about West Ham Football Club that I think once in a while it's pop. I'm going Burnley, Brighton, Fulham. Interesting. Burnley. Don't like them. <laughs> right. Many people don't. Many don't people like don't him. like him. I'm still salty of, of the Chris Hewton thing. So I'm I'm saying Brighton until they're gone. I'm gonna be right one one year. Um and Fulham, yeah. I I, I watched them play, was it it starts with a B in Brentford. the 
Brentford, yeah, they played them in the in the championship playoff final. They seemed okay, but it was kind of like lucky the way they got up. So uh, I think they're buying um Ola Aina from Torino. Yeah. I think that's a good buy. I wonder if they bring back Siri, who was on loan at Galatasaray. Do you remember that? It was two years ago they were in the Premier League and they spent like a bunch of money and that didn't work. So we'll see. But I, I tend to agree with you about the, the team that comes up through the playoff. Um, that's probably an easy one to mark out. The interesting about Brighton, how some of you write off Brighton, is I honestly I could not tell you how Brighton play football. They have a big and six seven dude, and they just kick it to him. They don't because they they don't genuinely they? have they genuinely have at least three ways to play football in at least three different formations. And Graham Potter seems to be a clever man. I'm like, how are you um, six seven and a left back, man? Like, what happened to you? He seems to be a clever man. You could be um, a it, goalkeeper it, and make a bunch of money. You could be a striker like Peter Crouch and make a bunch of money. You decide to play left back. What happened? <laughs> Did you get a growth spurt at 20? Like, what happened? I don't know. That just annoys it probably, me. I... It's going to be my first away game of the season. He's so as tall I'm as LeBron James. Well, LeBron James <laughs> wow. is 6'9". I'm just saying. Wow. LeBron James is not 6'9". Why are you a left back? I, I, I when, 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 when tall people do things that are just stupid, it, it hurts me because I want to be that tall. Just learn how to shoot free throws. You could go play. For, what's the London basketball team? You probably make one. Well, probably not. Um, but yeah, man. I'm just saying. Hey, tall people annoy me, man. They do stupid. Like, have you ever just seen somebody who's just really tall, but they don't play sports? They don't do anything. Like, you're a waste oh, of height. Yeah, I, I know a guy. I know a guy like that. The, the percentage of people in the world who are seven feet and playing the NBA is something like 15%. So if you're born seven feet, you have a 15 – you know how crazy that is of, like, you getting in the league? Whereas everybody yeah. else is, like, point zero 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 one. <laughs> it annoys me so – like, you can't, like yeah. – this is not a basketball podcast. So, yeah, I'm going Burnley, Brighton, Fulham. Those are my guys gone. But I don't want to see anybody relegated. It's no hate if you support those clubs. And it's a guess. I'm probably going to be wrong. Chelsea could get relegated. If they keep Kepa and goal, I wouldn't be surprised. So <laughs> don't get mad at me. So what's next? What are we doing now? Who's going to win the Champions League? Is that where we're going? Yep. PSG. <laughs> I said it. I just said it. I just came out and said it. Let's go. Every year. This is this is the year. This is the year. Mbappe is going to recover from coronavirus. Neymar is going to come into his prime. We're going to see peak Neymar. The no. midfield is going to be great. Verratti's not no. going to get any red cards. Everything's no. going to go smooth. Tuchel is going to find some new formation. Kempembe, no. Marquinhos, it's going to be no. great. They're going to find some fullbacks from the academy. I can feel it. This is their year. They're going to use the pain of losing to Bayern Munich in that Champions League final. It's going to propel them to greatness. I can feel it. This is their year. I stand by it. PSG 2021 Champions League winners. Hope, your turn. Who's going to win it? I don't believe any of that. <laughs> It's definitely not going to be Bayern Munich because I just feel that it's going to be a long time until the team that defends it. I am going to say... It's not a life decision, man. I am flirting between Real Madrid and Liverpool. You know what? I'm going to say... I'm going to say... (laughs) Juventus. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Pierlo is going to pull. Uh, yeah, basically, because it's, it's going to be a team from left field. I think you know what they've they've, they've lost like ten finals. We know what I think will happen. They'll they'll pro- Inter Milan will probably win the Serie, and Juve will probably oh. win the Champions League. 
Interesting. So, so they will they will break ten in a row, which is going to piss me off because I want ten in a row for my narrative. But as they break that, I think then they'll they'll then win the Champions League. Carl, your your Champions League winner. In the same way that you always pick PSG, I always pick Manchester City, don't I? Oh yeah, I, I forgot those dudes. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think this is it. I think if I they think had Messi, I think there have been a little too many freak accidents. Um, Lionel so, was not a freak accident, man. Wait a minute, Carl. No. So, so you you're saying well, that the first know. time they get to the final, they're going to win it? Does that happen? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like Chelsea got to the final, lost. PSG right, got we, to the final, lost. I was There's, I wasn't here when we did. Well, I wasn't here after the, the Leon defeat. But I, the, essentially, my my theory or my opinion on Pep's problem is that I don't think it's. I think. Pep Guardiola goes into these big games and he is very, very afraid of Manchester City's biggest flaw. And then he will make changes to address that flaw. Um, then Manchester City will play 20, 30 minutes in unfamiliar circumstances because they were like, oh God, should we be afraid of that thing Pep warned us about? And they need time to feed it all out. Um, and then Pep goes, this isn't going to go back to your regular idea. But in the process it takes them to go back to their regular 4-3-3, the team goes, oh, that's the weak point hit the weak point, get a goal. Then as the team tries chasing the game, the other team gets them on the transition. And we know Manchester City are very bad in the transition. Now Vincent Company isn't there. That means two goals. If you really look at that Manchester City game against Leon, one of the goals from Leon was a foul. And, the other, and Raheem Sterling, I think nine times out of 10 scores that. So it would have been 2-2 and then became 3-1. The scoreline that I think doesn't exist. Pep Guardiola in big Champions League games is basically Goliath going to a fight in a jaunty hat. And someone's going, why are you wearing that hat? And he's like, no reason. That's what I think. But I think I think everything's, you know, to win a domestic competition, you have to be lucky and good. And I think Pep's luck is just going to lock in in one very strange season. Also, do we know? Is the Champions League going to be two t- two-legged ties this season? Nothing. Um, do we know? Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's been decided. Do we know if the Euros is going to be all around Europe yet? No. I don't think this is weird, isn't it? Right? We've got a whole bunch of things going on in the middle of a global pandemic, and we still don't know four or five things about continental Pretty football. important, yeah, pretty important yeah. parts of the season. What's the saying? Is it once is a coincidence, twice is a pattern, yes. three times is a something? Man, man marking it. MSN <laughs> and all these little different things that he does. He just overthinks it every time. What, why do you think this is the year that he's just going to be oh, like, no, no, all wait, right, wait, let's wait, let him go? Wait, 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 wait. How did he fuck that up? Once... Is a freak occurrence. Twice is a coincidence. Three times it's a pattern. Did you Google it or do you just know that? No, 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 no. I was just like, wait, did this guy just say once is? I, I said, I said once is a coincidence. Twice is a pattern or something. Yeah, no, no. How can once once is a, once is a, is a freak crazy. occurrence? Twice is a coincidence. Three times it's a I pattern. I know you guys would know it. I'm just testing. No, I'm just. I, I, <laughs> I know it was something about it ends in uh is a pattern. Yeah. So the Moscow rules. Let me Google this. Once is a uh, look. You only have to type in one thing. Quote by Ian Fleming. This is James Bond. Once is happenstance. Twice is a coincidence. Three times is an enemy action. He remixed it. Yeah, there are three or four quotes. But yes, it's once. Once is chance. Two times is coincidence. Three times is a pattern. And the pattern is. I don't. Think, I don't. Think, I don't think it's overthinking because overthinking is you're trying to be too clever. As I explained, Pep. I don't think it's overthinking. I think he has a very, very clear principle and very clear principles that he wants to do, which is basically... You can't abandon the principles. 
if you know it's a principle it's silly <laughs> i'm not saying but i don't think it's overthinking and like i've said before it's goliath wearing a jaunty hat your your first president Kwame Nkrumah, i think he said uh a compromise of principles is an abandonment of principles so like, like if you have if, if you have these ideas your teams are supposed to do every time and then you compromise them then it's not a principle it can't be so uh, he I, I so think... he's he's compromising his own team and he yes. does it yeah. year in year out and if it is two legs that's giving him an extra 90 minutes and an extra two weeks to come up with something else that's going to mess him oh, up. Wait, wait a minute. What's wrong with the John C. I've, I've, I've just Googled John C. Hats on Google Images. This is similar <laughs> to my hat. What's wrong with the John C. Hats? Nothing's wrong with a John C. Hat, my friend. Nothing's wrong. It's just, you know, if, if, if you are David and Goliath rocks up and he's wearing a John C. Hat, David's like, wait a minute. No, 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 no. That? If Goliath comes up with a Jonte hands, I'm David, I'm going to be terrified. Because I'm like, not only is this guy five times the size of me, not only, according to the Bible, I'm supposed to lose this, because I think I lose this, because I've not read the Bible. So David hasn't read the Bible as well, if he thinks he loses this. So not only do I think that I'm going to get lubricated, this guy is so confident he's coming in a Jonte hands, he's, he's probably high on drugs. If I'm David, I'm terrified. I'm not saying, oh, Goliath, why are you in that? I'm like, Goliath, all right, look. Chill. I'm sorry. I'm done. So I'll be terrified. Can we go to Sunday school quickly? Like David wasn't scared of Goliath because he killed lions and bears with slingshots while he was being a a shepherd. So Goliath was just he was nothing. He was just there. Like what? Yeah, because he was like, why are all Um, y'all being like uh, soft right now? David. He was he was fronting. David was scared. Actually, David cheated because. David and Goliath was supposed to be like hand-to-hand sword combat. David came with like literally a gun to a knife fight, and he just shot him with a slingshot. It was cheating. What he did, he cheated. No, 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 no. David was was scared. Whatever it says, he was just putting us <laughs> as a friend. Deep down, the guy was crapping himself, hundred percent. Anyway, um, let's just go through the leagues. Who's gonna win La Liga? Barcelona. Real Madrid is. Who I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying right now, Barcelona gonna win. Win La Liga. Carl, who Pope. you got? Who you got? Every time I think, oh, this is a wrap for Real Madrid, Barcelona win, because Messi just goes, I'm going to destroy you. Not this Um, I'm going to bet against Lionel Messi again. So Real Madrid is who you're going with? Who's going to win France? PSG. (laughs) Who's going to win Germany? (laughs) Braunschweig. Braunschweig. And, okay, this was a bit interesting, I think, this year, because who knows with Pirlo and a second season Conte and all the rest. Italy might just be up for grabs. I think well, it's this is no, the no. most I unsure I've been in the past four or five years of what's going to happen. So we already have half hope saying that it's Inter. No, 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 he, wait, 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 wait. Let me change that. Let me change. Let me correct that. <laughs> Juventus. I will never ever bet against Juventus until they lose. You must think I'm crack. I'm on. I'm on cocaine to bet against the team that won nine in a row. I'm so I'm betting on Juventus, but I think Inter will win. It if depends. that makes sense. Inter Milan. It has to, it's now or never from Inter Milan. They have to do it. I would need a decade. So I'm going with Juventus. If, if, if Pirlo wins in his first year of management, the league, half, half hope says league disbanded. It just cancel it. <laughs> start, actually, just start something new. Don't call it Serie A. Call it Liga A, whatever it is. Ten t- a, a whole decade with three different managers in three years? No. No, but I want it just for the narrative. I think it'll be funny. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going Juventus. All right. 
what else do we have written down here before we get before we get to questions? Um, we have Hamas to Everton. Play him in his strongest position. You might see the Hamas that we all saw from 2014. Which For is some his strongest people he played him out of position. If you go from the sensor out wide, fuck up your mind. <laughs> uh, I think it's going to be really, really interesting. If Ancelotti persists with his 4-2-2, which I think he is, and the idea is to play Hammers with Alan, or possibly he plays Alan with Decore and then moves Hammers out on the right-hand side to sort of move in and out of the half space and to drift inside, that could be really interesting. There's... There's a lot of money being involved in this transfer deal. Hamas is not playing for Everton if Carlo Ancelotti is not there. And this is a two-year contract with an option of a third. Um, I just mentioned Grayson Football is a really good football journalist. And she has just tweeted now that um, compared, if you like use it as rel- to relative club wealth, Everton are spending the same amount of money on Hamas that Manchester United spent on Alexis Sanchez. This is an expensive deal for a club that has no European football. But it might work out. I really want this one to work out because I love James Rodriguez and I think he's a fantastic football player. I think there was genuinely a point in time when he was at Bayern Munich especially where he was in that sort of free eight. I work in the deeper pivot. I think the only player better than him in, in the world that year was basically Kevin De Bruyne. But then again, he was doing it for Bayern Munich. So he may have had great opportunity to be that dominant. We're all just gassed off the goal he scored against Uruguay still. I feel like... He's living no, off that no, moment. I think, I think he's. Come I on, think man. He's, I think he's legitimately. I asked, have hope. What's he gonna do? And he was like, he's gonna rekindle 2014. That's seven years ago. <laughs> he's not doing that. When was the last time he played a full 90 minutes? Last yeah, year. If, if he's got the legs, if he's got the legs, and he plays on the right, and if Everton can play Decore in there. So one of the big things about Hammers was he didn't really. He just gave me three ifs. This is it. That's a lot. That's like, a lot I, of I, a I hope the best for him. He seems like a really nice guy, right? But I, I just hope it works. I don't think it's gonna work. I don't, I hope it works. Like maybe he, Carlo Ancelotti has the Hamas Rodriguez magic, and you know he knows how to talk to him in Spanish or whatever it is. And he just gets the best of him. Good luck, Everton. I hope it works. You know, for their sake. Scott Dan is the player I was thinking of. It's mm. Scott Dan. <laughs> there's, there's 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 one Ward, and there's another one who used to be at West Ham. Tompkins. So they have like, and Gary Cahill now. So they have like four white center backs that all look the same to me. So I get, I get them all confused. But I knew it started with a D. Um, Not all white people look the same, you fucking racist. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have written down here, Mbappe has coronavirus and so do Mahez and Laporte. So what do we think about this? Is this kind of like an, an inevitability that once you let the players go from the closed confinement, very regulated spaces of maybe the Champions League or league play, once they go and live their lives, they're going to eventually find somebody who hasn't been as careful or has been exposed, whether they're a nurse or whatever it is. Now they have the virus. And I think La Liga, not La Liga, League on season start or this week's matches are in question. So what do we think about this? Everyone's going to get COVID. So it's like... You know, we it's still a disease that nobody knows about. Scientists still don't know exactly the ins and outs of the of the disease or how exactly you can con- contract it. So it's thing of it's only a story if people are actually very ill. But even though very ill, bro, most of us may have already even catch this COVID thing already. So for me, I'm like, meh. Actually, I saw something about like once you get it, the effects of what happened to your lungs and heart 
that we don't know that part yet. And it seems like it's very dangerous, put it that way. The things that can happen to your heart, um, like swelling around your heart and things like that. So athletes getting it is not some, oh, they're within a good age, like under 25. They don't have any underlying medical conditions to where nothing will happen. You don't know what's going to happen to these guys when they're 40, 50, 60, when they stop playing football and the scars of what happened from COVID, now they start to appear. So just look, I'm going to football stadiums. Yeah. Next week. Pray for me. <laughs> for real. <laughs> I, I understand the games, people want the games to happen, but there's not no risk here. And I think everybody needs to be advised. Like there's a reason why nobody's going into the stadiums. There's a reason why they want, did, did, did you see the video of, uh, there's like a, a nurse and uh Cristiano was in the stands and the nurse came up to Ronaldo and was like, she whispered something in his ear, then he put the mask on. Like, there's a reason why they want people to see that. Yep. It's because there's there's still danger and risk out here. And if if somebody who, like Mbappe's like top five athlete in the world, well, maybe not in the world, but in football, I mean, he would have been very protected by PSG, no doubt. And the fact that he can still get it is out here. <laughs> so we have to be careful. We need to be safe. Speaking of, Foden and Greenwood. I have that written down. <laughs> They've, they, I think they invited some ladies into the England camp. Female entertainment. Um, for some, you know, just some fun, I suppose. And yeah, they were sent home by Southgate. What's the story here? I'm assuming you're more up to date on England happenings and Greenwood. Yeah, news. yeah. So, so what it looks like is if it looks Man- as if Manchester. Uh, it looks as if Phil Foden and Mason Greenwood uh, broke their COVID bubble by trying to invite at least two women into the hotel room. After their game against Iceland, there appears to be video of a conversation had between what sounds as if they're both very broad northern accents, but what sounds as if both uh, Phil Foden's voice and Mason Greenwood's voice asking both girls to come round. Uh, there's a conversation about what would we do if we get in the hotel and very much like you're going to have to sneak us in and be very clever. Immediately after this information has come to light, Gareth Southgate. So what's interesting was um, this delayed the press conference when it, this news broke. So the press conference was meant to happen at basically midday and then it got on, you know, announced in Icelandic news in the tabloids that these English football players have done this. The press conference got pushed back by an hour and a half at the very, very least. And when Gareth Southgate came back, Southgate said both of those players have been sent home. Um, Phil Foden has issued an apology on Twitter where he apologises categorically uh, without any reservation and says, you know, he should behave he should have you know upheld himself to high ideals i think mason greenwood may have deleted his twitter account for a little bit um but that's that that's what's happened in terms of my viewpoint i think two young players you know mason greenwood is 19 and i think phil foden is 20 um these are two young men one of whom is in a committed relationship with another woman and has a child Ooh, um, greenwood has guys. a kid or foden foden has a kid well i was very shocked when I found this damn these are two young men who have been caught being catastrophically horny. And uh, in the same way, I think I raised similar, a similar point where Sam Allardyce was made England manager, which is basically, my friend, this is meant to be the best moment of your career so far, is the shining moment, is the pinnacle of what everyone aims for, to make, you know, apparently to make it for their national team. You couldn't last one weekend without getting your willy wet. You couldn't last one weekend with no sex. And you had to risk it all. Yeah, of course, this is one of those interesting things where if this wasn't in COVID times, I don't think these players would have been sent home. I think mm-hmm. it would have just been 
oh, I, th- I think they would have been reprimanded and I think there would have been, it would have been a newspaper, but I think they wouldn't have been sent up. But I think to do that in the middle of a global pandemic at a time where international football is incredibly precarious, bear in mind right now, I'm just speaking this, this as a football journalist, I have no idea if I'm going to get to watch away games this season yet. Right? The Premier League season starts in this weekend. I'm not going to be at a Premier League game this weekend because Manchester United don't play Burnley. But the next game is going to be Crystal Palace at home. I don't know if the Crystal Palace journalist is going to be able to travel up to watch that game. And then the Brighton game later this month, I don't know if I'm going to get trained. Like, we are, it is a precarious house of cards. Everyone has to behave. Everyone has to wear a mask. You have to get frequently tested. Like, I've been jabbed up the nose so many times. And it's not How very does that pleasant. Feel, by the way? It's nasty. It's like a hot, it's like hot, wet scratch. You don't want that. Just go one weekend. One weekend. And, you know, I've been to Iceland before. Icelandic women are very, very pretty. But please. Have you guys ever watched Head of State with Chris Rock? No. Oh, okay. Never mind. Is it any good? Would you recommend? Yeah, I mean, it has Chris Rock, Bernie Mac. It's okay. Oh, yeah. It's, cool. it's basically Chris Rock becoming president. <laughs> 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 but, like, uh, there's like a, there's a woman in the movie who's like a professional hired sex worker for the president, basically. And the joke is, you know, we had some issues hearkening back to Clinton of like infidelity. So we just have a professional wing, basically, to where you can do what you need to do over here. I don't think he ever takes it up because he has a love interest in the movie. But why don't football clubs have that? Where it's just like, yo, if you need something, we have some people who've taken some tests. They can come Mm -hmm. in. It's all discreet under the table. Call this number, basically. (laughs) <laughs> like 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 again like, like how come they have again, to outsource be... and risk it like how come they just can't call a guy who calls the guy who calls the the women a hey, we have somebody greenwood Foden, come over blah 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 why not just do that it's it's, it's, it's particularly interesting and again I, I think it's particularly interesting that this has happened to a 19 year old and a 20 year old in a very very young england squad that doesn't have too many senior players that are single there is no sort of unattached second goalkeeper who is allowed who's organizing parties in in the sort of role that other football clubs do. And of course, this is COVID <laughs> protocol. Like, look, I'm, 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 that's, if I'm being really real, there's no question in my mind that during certain away trips in continental or even domestic football, um, there's probably someone in the football team responsible for talking to someone's mates to get girls into hotels. Probably. Just hire somebody professionally. Liaison with the team. That's all I'm saying. Just make it a team thing. The questions were basically things we've already covered. So do any of you have a a subject that's interesting, that's pressing on your mind, that you feel like the people should want to know about? Have hope. What's what's on your mind? Other than old old players in Kante, what's on your brain, man? And whether I should have um, American-style or French-style pancakes tomorrow. What's the difference? American style pancakes are thicker. French style pancakes are thinner. So crepe, crepe, yeah, yeah crepe. I'm, tra- I'm trying wow. to get better at rolling my R's when I speak French. So if you if you guys hear that, yep, that's me. Crepes and pancakes. So the crepe is like thin. Which do you prefer, Carl? Uh, crepes. I don't really. Go- I- pancakes are cool, but I'm a waffle guy. So what's on your? That's that's what's, that's that's all you guys got. Pa- yeah, it's all American and French style pancakes. I'm all good. I'm all good. All right, we can take one question. Vincent Verhey, who's a patron. Um, where did Chelsea finish with Poch in charge? Hmm. Are Chelsea about to sign Mendy so DT can breathe a sigh of relief? I wish. 
I hope. I pray. Pochettino. Sugar. They um, finished third. I don't think I don't think Pochettino can close this larger gap nah. between Potts would be a far better option than Lampard. Like I trust him. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. With 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 this squad over over Lampard. As for the goalkeeper, um, he plays at Ren, um, which is where Petacek came from in two thousand three, and I believe he Czech and the goalkeeper coach Christoph Lolochin. I'm not quite sure how you pronounce his name, but um, they they recommend Mendy, who's I think is six 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 seven. Um, tall, lanky, seems a far deviation from, from Kepa. So if that's who they go for, I don't know if that means he starts. I mean, yeah, I think he should. But maybe they're looking at him to be like a number two who eventually might become number one. I don't know. But any goalkeeper that isn't the two that are there would be fantastic. NBA talk. Are you guys watching the league? Are you watching yeah, the playoffs? Oh, playoffs LeBron James in a black jersey is different gravy, and I think Amazing. it's going to be Lakers and six. This Lakers and six. It's one one. Lakers and six. Lakers and six, uh, and a gentleman sweep for the Heat. I was disappointed, man. I, I thought Jimmy Buckets would get it done yesterday, but Same. he didn't. Would have been fun. Bro, that guy has been so good, so good. You know, he's like best friends with Wahlberg, and he wears like cowboy boots. Like he's a weird. Yeah, maybe that's mean, but he's a peculiar individual. Put it that. Way. So who's your finals pick, or like your which which finals matchup do you want? Oh, I want to see. I would like to see the Celtics against the the Clippers, but I think That'd we're going to see the Heat against. I think we're going to see the Heat against the Lakers or the Nuggets. I really? think the Nuggets beat the Clippers. Interesting. In a shock, I think the Nuggets beat the Clippers. Very oh. good. I think it's be Clippers versus Raptors. What? I think the Raptors are going to pull it up. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think I think I think Boston had the chance to put them down and they missed it. And momentum is coming. No, no. For me, I just think Boston just a better team. The latest league, I just think Boston are a better team. Boston should beat them. I think Boston will end up beating. Just see, Celtics Heat. I think that's an, an amazing series. Ideal scenario: Celtics Heat, the battle of LA on the other side. Those would be two superb conference finals. And then obviously, I think my dream final, I think, would be Celtics. Yeah, I said, yeah, Celtics against Clippers. Because I, I want my Kawhi nar- narrative to come through. So, What's your narrative? Um, there's never been a guy who has won the NBA championship being the MVP on three different teams. He's going to be the first. Okay. I don't know who I want, man. I don't want to watch the Bucks, so I'm glad that that's gone. Um, and <laughs> I don't really want to watch the Heat either. So, but I I don't want Boston to win a chip, so I don't want them in the final at all. So I, the final I would want is probably Clippers versus the Heat. I but I have this point. nasty feeling that we're gonna get Lakers Celtics for like the ten thousandth time in NBA history. <laughs> And LeBron's going to somehow find a way to win it because I don't know if the Celtics are ready. So that's the nasty feeling. But I would like Clippers Heat. I feel like that'd be a good series. Yeah. How's my French? My French, eh, it depends on the day. It is what come it come is. Come Yeah. Come <laughs> come what class in the Brick Academy is HH in? Damn. I'm not in the academy, man. What the, what, what the heck are you on about? Weren't you, weren't you under review for your semis-minimum prediction? No. Yo, oh, no, have hope. Okay. 
What what's your agenda this year? Do you have I don't one? have an agenda this no. <laughs> so, 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 so so there's not gonna be a semis minimum no hashtag I lent Feb, my lesson. Feb fourteen, whatever. It I lent. No, there is a there is a hashtag. Hashtag Feb fourteen. Chelsea's <laughs> first game. That's the hashtag. But does it, it doesn't mean anything? All right. I've learned my lesson. So good, 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 good. I don't want to have to be a lawyer again. If Mourinho wins something with Spurs, what then? He doesn't. He he he, he wins. He's not winning anything with Tottenham. It's it's impossible. Don't you ask me silly questions. <laughs> Last question from Rodney. Uh, where do you currently rank Freddie Gibbs? Don't know his top he's... one on the planet right now. Wow, that high. No, I mean the top one is always Andre. The top one is really always Andre three thousand, but it's Gibbs after that. Kendrick just filmed a music video, so we should be expecting something soon from King Kenny. If he drops it, we can talk about it. But until then, Freddie Gibbs has back to back album of the years. Which Alfredo? Which oh, Alfredo and uh, is it Pinata? Or Bandana? Pinata Better than Nas's album? I don't know. Nas's album was pretty good, guys. The more I listen to it, what I said in the group chat still applies, but I don't know if I'm ready to say it publicly because I know what people will will say in response. So there it is. All right. Yeah, those those are some questions. Um, Anas says, all or nothing review. I can't talk about it because Carl won't watch it because it centers Mourinho. And Half Hope hasn't seen it because he just hasn't got around to it yet. And he doesn't know what happened with Spurs this season, apparently. So You know when you watch a historical movie and somebody says, don't ruin it, it's like Titanic. Don't ruin it. The, the boat sinks. It's, his, people, it's, it's so historical. People, like, you know what happened. Well, well, when I went to go and watch it in 97, where three ladies in front of us, I couldn't hear what was being said for the last 20 minutes because we were crying for the last 20 minutes. I didn't know that the, the boat sank. <laughs> no, seriously, no. For me, I was like, okay. Because I wasn't sure. I was like, does this shit Why were you a preteen going to watch Titanic in theater? Like, were you taken or did you go of your own no, volition? No, no, me and so basically, this was when I, I was living in Geneva. So it was me and the kid of the Guardians I was staying with, me and him, who were like, were like similar age. We went to go and see it. And we watched Starship Troopers in French. Nice. Which was interesting. This has been the Talking Tactics podcast. We do this every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Talking Tactics, Instagram Talking Tactics. If you're on Spotify, give us a follow. If you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. Leave us a five-star review. We'll read it on the show. Um, hit the hearts if you're on SoundCloud. We do Patreon. So check us out on Patreon. Link, yep. is, in the, link is in the description. We are, um, we are not on OnlyFans, so don't ask. Died. Would be good on OnlyFans. My computer died. My old one. Like the hard drive in it died. So I had to put a new one in it. But what happened is I lost the football manager save. It was only two episodes. So we're going to start a new one. Half hope, I guess we'll, we'll we'll do that one together, so we yeah. can start from the top. Yeah. So we'll do that. Half hope, where can people get you on the internet? You can get me at halfhopefootballhot.com, and I just ordered Animal Crossing on the Nintendo mm-hmm. Switch. This Nintendo Switch is a phenomenal piece of invention. Japan, you rock. Carl, where can people get you on the internet? I command six one six, and you can find all my writing on the Athletic. There will be a new piece going out. Uh, tomorrow dinner time yes. on yes. Manchester United's third kit. Yes, that the the zebra one. Carlos, I cannot confirm or deny what that kit will look like. Give us that <laughs> content crack, Carlos. We need it. I thought I saw David shit. Beckham in like a zebra kit, that you zebra did. kit. David Beckham would... was very nicely modeling a kit. Um, Insert that kit is you know sex no, but wheels. people are like, yo, the kit looks good. The, is David Beckham. He could put him in anything and it'll look good. 
Like, will it look good on you is the question. So Chelsea came out with the, the blue and red stripe. Oh, and they awful. and they had like a very nice looking woman in the kit. And I was like, oh, it looks good. But then I was like, wait, she looks good. The kit doesn't look good. You can't trick me. <laughs> so that's the same thing with David Beckham. But anyway, I'm at Daniel to look. Talking Texas podcast, sometimes funny. Sometimes. I know it's been a while, so we're going to try that again. Carl, it's your turn. Talking Texas okay. podcast, sometimes funny. Okay, so, so I'm saying sometimes. Okay, all right, start again, start again. <laughs> the fuck? You are the sometimes serious guy. You, you know, oh, I thought you said, you said it's your turn, so I assumed I was. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, no, no, yeah. no, okay, I get it. I mean, whatever you you guys choose, you guys choose. Talk and tech this podcast, sometimes funny, sometimes serious, always football. Indeed, we'll see you guys next week. Peace, Sports Social Podcast Network.